Welcome to Art of the Kickstart, your source for crowdfunding campaign success. I'm your host, Roy Morjan, president of Command Partners, the top full-service crowdfunding marketing agency in the world. We have helped raise over $70 million for our clients since 2010. Each week, I'll interview a crowdfunding success story, an inspirational entrepreneur, or a business expert in order to help take your startup to the next level with crowdfunding. Art of the Kickstart is honored to be sponsored by The Gadget Flow, a product discovery platform that helps you discover, save, and buy awesome products. The Gadget Flow is the ultimate buyer's guide for cool luxury gadgets and creative gifts. To learn more, visit thegadgetflow.com. Now let's get on with the show. Welcome to another edition of Art of the Kickstart. Today I am joined by Warwick and Miguel with the Zeke Smart Pillow. Gentlemen, thank you for joining us. Well, thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you. So you guys have created a pillow, but it's a smart pillow. Give us the give us the pitch. Well, basically, we created a pillow that is an active participant in your sleep. So what that means is it helps you sleep, it monitors your sleep, and it helps you throughout the night uh, to maintain sleep. And it all started with me trying to fall asleep with music, but my wife hating to listen to my music while she's falling asleep. So I took a part of uh, uh, some wireless headphones, shoved it inside of a pillow, and I was able to hear the music and she wasn't. And I slept like that for a while, and then I realized there's a battery in the pillow, there's some speakers in the pillow, what else can we put in the pillow? And that's when I I called Miguel, and he uh, took it to the next level. Yeah, so from there, we, we added some uh, an accelerometer on the inside, or gyroscope, rather, and then the microphone so we could actually start listening for snoring, you know, put an app together. So we really just made a really cool pillow that, A, we like to use, but B, we found is actually pretty good at helping you sleep better. <laughs> so you guys have spent, you know, over two years of prototyping and per- perfecting this product, if you will. Go, go into some of the process of the, the individual prototyping and, you know, what you guys have done to get here today. I mean, the, f- the first thing that was the biggest challenge was making sure there was no live stream between the pillow and the phone. And why we wanted that is, obviously, we, if you held a cell phone next to your head for a while, your ears get hot, there's some radio waves happening. So we wanted to remove that concern. And when you remove the phone out of the equation for the sleep processing, we had to put or develop a mini computer inside of the pillow that could understand uh, decibels. As you know, how computers work is zeros and ones, but sound is, is really is three-dimensional because it has to understand loud sound, medium sound, uh, high-pitched sound. So that I, I that was one of the toughest things was making a mini computer that could understand a decibel. So many things today, especially Bluetooth devices, the the device is just is is streaming just bits of data, and then the phone or the app does all the heavy lifting. But to what Warwick's point was, if you can eliminate having radio waves blasting through your brain all night, that's always a better situation. So by offloading the heavy amount of data and analyzation that's done from the microphone onto onto its own board, and then you know having ways to control Zeke without having to use an app. 
that means we're only transmitting data at the very beginning of your sleep cycle and the very end of your sleep cycle, unless you're listening to music, obviously, because the music would be streaming. But even from that, we thought of like, how can we prevent that from affecting you throughout the night? So once your sleep timer goes off, we actually shut power down to the Bluetooth uh, music chip. So that was a big concern for us is like, how do we take something that we enjoy and that is fun, but make it so it's it's beneficial, but also not harmful. It's another one of the reasons we chose Bluetooth over Wi-Fi. That's been asked from us quite a bit. Like, why didn't you put a Wi-Fi chip in there? As you know, Wi-Fi is just much more powerful antennas. And that'd be just blasting through your head the whole time. Yeah. And then, I mean, that was just one of the struggles. That's, you know, a couple months of it. The other thing is when you put all the components inside of a pillow, obviously it needs to be comfortable. Yeah. Otherwise, <laughs> you don't want to be sleeping on a brick. So we went through tons of different uh, internal casing designs. And uh, we started with one box, but it was pretty thick. Then we went to two boxes, but it was, it was uh, you could feel it moving inside. And ultimately, we ended on three a three-piece component that fits inside your pillow. So when your head rolls across the pillow while you're sleeping, so do the components inside. So the microphone was a big thing, making sure the pillow was comfortable. To be honest, the music was the easiest thing, and that's why I, I, I made it in the first place. If I would have just come out with a music pillow in the beginning, my life would have been easier. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, how did you guys end up deciding on what additional features to, to add? A lot of it was born out of what do we like? <laughs> as much as people think Warwick and I look alike, we're actually quite different. Um, but Warwick wanted a smart pillow for the music. And I'm a data nerd and junkie. So for me, I wanted to know, I wanted to know what I'm, what I'm doing when I sleep. And Warwick has a great fa- uh, phrase that, you know, throughout the day, you you know exactly what your body's doing, but you have no idea what your body's doing at night. Um, and so that really made us think, like, how can we start analyzing, you know, sleep, but do it in a way that's not annoying? Like, you know, Warwick and I were both Fitbit users, but like putting something on your wrist every night and then remembering to, to check the data and things like that, that, that wasn't super easy. So we said, okay, how can we make it easier? Obviously, integrating motion tracking into the pillow makes it easier because it's just automatic. Also, I'm a snorer. I don't know that I snore, but my wife tells me that I do, so I believe her. Um, but I thought, like, how could I also do something with that? And for me, it was more about analyzing the, how loud I was snoring, how often I was snoring. Warwick came up with the idea of, well, well, that's great to know that, but how can we react to that? And so then that's when Warwick thought, maybe we should put some sort of vibration motors in the pillow. Uh, so that way, when I snore too loudly, the pillow subtly vibrates, and then you roll uh, and change position to help you stop snoring. So for for me, I want to make a pillow that I wanted to use. So data anal- analytics was the big thing. Yep. I also think it's a pillow that your wife wants you to use, right? 100%. For sure. <laughs> you know, I think that's the only reason that our wives are okay with Warwick and I traveling so much is because <laughs> they know once we finally do get home, they're going to sleep well. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, speaking of traveling, I mean, you guys have been abroad several times to meet with manufacturers, both on the hardware and software side. You know, our, our community is always asking about that in terms of development overseas. Can you touch on that a little bit in terms of the process and what that looks like for you? Yeah, so I think during this, since we've been working on it, I think it started October 2013. I've been to China uh, probably, <laughs> I must say, 15 times. Yeah. So, you know, development is fun. It's challenging, <laughs> but it's, it's very it's very high on cost. So just flying there 
all the time is expensive. But it's also a 14 and a half hour flight from here. And the time change is difficult. And then your day starts. <laughs> so the, the language barrier is obviously a challenge. Yeah. Uh, it's an exciting challenge. Sometimes uh, it, it's, it's terribly hard to get a, a normal sentence through. But other times, it's terribly easy to get a complex sentence through. So it really depends on your team that you have working uh, in your manufacturing plant and how you can communicate with them. And I think that really helps uh, development out. So if we were to start again, I think we would choose the same team. But to anyone else that's trying to start, if you're not meshing with your developers and your, uh, your manufacturers from the beginning, just choose another one. Find yeah. another, find another group, and that's you know that's what made it fun as well. We do get along with everyone. Our developer, our app developers are in India, and our hardware developers are in China. But whenever we're in Chicago, and then we're in Chicago. But throughout the process, we'd also have to get our developers uh, to China. So now we have three different cultures, three different languages, all talking about something they're passionate about. But trying to, but trying to uh, translate it all—it's a challenge. But if you get along with everyone, it's a fun challenge. Certainly. How did you guys start the process of sourcing the hardware and software side of the business? So you know, the best website in the world for developing is Alibaba. <laughs> but Alibaba is, uh, you know, maybe I—I I, from what I found, five percent works out, ninety-five percent doesn't work out. So I started the search on Alibaba looking for a factory that could that could help. And that's where I started because I knew I wanted the hardware. And I'm more of a making prototypes guy. Miguel's definitely more of the app guy. So that's when I brought Miguel on because I made my 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 first prototype that worked with just the connections on my phone, which you know to me straightforward. But I didn't know anything about creating apps. So that's when Miguel came on and we started looking for app developers. And I personally was searching for someone in Chicago because I also like face-to-face -face, uh, interaction with uh, developers. It makes life easier. And I reached out. Uh, I, I can't even remember how. I, I just typed in app developers in Chicago. And our, our Indian developers actually have an office here. So it, it worked out for the best. But I, I literally just Googled app developers in Chicago. I think I reached out to seven of them with an initial idea, and only one of them replied. And it happened to be they were in India. So that's, that's how it all worked out. Interesting. So what difficulties have you guys had outside of the ones that you've already discussed in terms of product development along the way? I think I wouldn't say they're difficulties. I mean, obviously, we've learned a lot as we've gone through, which has been huge for us. But time management is key and also clear direction is key, you know, because Warwick and I and our team here in Chicago will get stuff done during the day and we get lots of notes and we give them to our teams overseas and then they'll do things and they come back to us the next day and then we're reviewing the stuff from that they did before then adding changes to it. And if, if anything, you know, when, when we're too vague, because War Warwick and I have a shorthand and we get each other and developing that shorthand with someone in a different language isn't as easy. So I've, I've learned to become, 
more verbose than <laughs> than I usually am, which is to the detriment of Warwick because now I'm texting him very long texts, which he doesn't like <laughs> uh, uh, because I'm so used to communi- over communicating. Look, I think Chicago developing or U.S. developing with that side of the world is tough in general because of the time change. When when we go to sleep, they wake up. When <laughs> when they wake up, we go to sleep. So there's only an hour or two where you can talk to them, but you know you're at the at the opposite sides of the day. So one of you is always tired because you worked a full day, and the other one's all full of energy because you're just starting your day. So the I'd say a big challenge and, and a time delay is the time difference. And and look, that's that's why Warwick and I like. Well, you know, if, if there's an inexpensive flight where we can get over there, we're we're hopping on it because our productivity increases. You know, and and our families have both been fantastic in letting us travel as much as we have for this project. But it's you know when you're when you're going to do something that you're passionate about and you want to make it as good as you 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 know it needs to be, it takes a lot of sacrifice. I mean, uh, I mean collectively, just just last year, I think Warwick and I spent over three and a half four months away from home when you line up all the days, um, and that's a lot of time. But the end result to us is amazing, and I think that you know. I think we're over 1,400 backers now. They will agree as well. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, you guys are a quarter of a million dollars in. You know, let's let's talk about some of the, the preparations that you guys did leading up to the campaign. What made you choose Kickstarter as a platform to launch your company and your product? Well, you know, being that I like making things, I've <laughs> always had an idea of, you know, making a product that people will use that's impactful. So when I first heard about Kickstarter, must have been four years ago or so, I always thought it was cool. I liked the concept. So I followed Kickstarter for a while, but I also, I have a development background as far as manufacturing goes. And I hated seeing these Kickstarters that say delivers in two months and it actually ships in two years. So when we were looking at Kickstarter, Indiegogo, or there's a couple others, we really know Kickstarter has the name that everyone knows. So we chose Kickstarter because they're the biggest name and we always wanted a Kickstarter project. But we also, when we chose when to launch our campaign, we wanted to be far enough into the development that we could match our promises. Make sure we don't put out something that, that we can't actually develop. And that was, I mean, that's, that was huge for us. We, we showed off a prototype at CES uh, this year and we got a lot of buzz and everyone was saying, you got to get on Kickstarter now. And we knew we needed just a little bit more time. And I got to say, I'm so happy that we took that extra time to get further along because what we're, what we're showing people now and what we know Zeke can do is in, in, in those last five months is, is night and day. And, and I, I can only imagine you know, Warwick and I are dreamers, so if we 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 probably would have said it would have been ready in April if, if we would have done it in January, April twenty fourteen, and, and it wouldn't have been yeah, and we wouldn't have been able to release a product that we that we would have genuinely been proud of at the end. But like taking that extra time to put to make sure that Zeke was right yeah. uh, before we 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 did it, we really appreciate that. So now we're taking this this last bit of time. We're getting great feedback from the Kickstarter community, which is to me the main reason that we did Kickstarter at all. 
is is the community of early adopters, and they don't hold back on their feedback. Yeah. Um, if you look in our comment section and some of the messages we've gotten, people tell us what they really like about Zeke, and they also tell us what they wish Zeke was different at doing. Yeah. And and we still have an opportunity to make you know adjustments based on their feedback, but that community is very passionate about projects, especially ones that they back. And, you know, we love those people because we want people just as passionate about Zeke as us. Absolutely. So what would be your biggest piece of advice for someone working on launching their, you know, something on Kickstarter? Take your timeline, times it by three, and that's more realistic. So, look, I... The day I thought of the product, I wanted to release it in three months. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, it's been three years, basically. And you have to be realistic with anything you do. And the slightest change in your mind could be a world of change in software or hardware. So just be conscious of development time. If you really want to launch a Kickstarter, make sure you're 99% there because the day you launch on kickstarter that's going to go back to about 75 percent there because you're going to get so much feedback that you never had from your friends and family you're going to get so much feedback from the press and then then you're close enough i think 75 percent after you launch is a great place to be yeah. look we i would have launched the product uh two months three months ago if i didn't go to kickstarter but you know hearing from everyone on kickstarter it's really made us tweak a couple things and, and hear what features people like. I mean, one, a perfect example of that is, you know, when we built Zeke, the, the music portion of it was to help you fall asleep. And that's really how we designed it from the beginning. And overwhelmingly, people were like, I just want to use it as a Bluetooth speaker, which baffled us because Bluetooth speakers exist already. But that's what people wanted. They wanted to be able to listen to any source of music they wanted from Zeke. And through some software and some some firmware tweaks, we're able to create a speaker mode where if you want to, you can just listen to Zeke like any old Bluetooth speaker, you know, even though we had designed it for a different function. So that's where that Kickstarter community just helps you tremendously because the, these are the people that want the product and, and getting their feedback is invaluable. And sometimes it also means a feature that you love might not make the final version because no one else loves it. So uh, things like that or things that you really, really want. They just they're not going to make it yet. But that the great thing about software and firmware is you can always add a feature later, which is which has also been exciting for us. One thing I'd also add to that is if if one person says it should do this, don't change your end goal. If you see that problem is mentioned a couple of times, maybe start relooking at it. So don't be too quick to react to comments. Because that could also delay your development time. Right. Like if that, if we had a firmware, uh, uh, a physical component change for that music, I don't think we would have jumped on doing it. Because then it would have just delayed the process. We'd have to make new molds, new PCB boards, uh, design the app differently. But the way we designed it in the beginning is we are able to do firmware updates. So because people wanted the music without the app. Uh, we're able to update the the current PCB boards and the current app to to make that work. Uh, so just listen to every one of your responses and then evaluate them. Sound advice. This gets us into our launch round where I rapid fire questions at you guys. Either one or both of you guys can answer. You good to go? Sounds good. Do it. 
All right. So what inspired you guys to be entrepreneurs? <laughs> really uh, inventing something that other people use. If, if I'm making someone else's life easier or better, that gives me butterflies inside. So that's my, my two cents. Of. I think for me, it's, it's always the challenge of something that wasn't, it literally wasn't here before. And now it's here. Like this didn't exist. Now it exists. That's what excites me. Awesome. If you could give the smart pillow to any entrepreneur throughout history, who would it be? <laughs> Rip Van Winkle. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. How about someone of, of our time? Uh, oh, that's a great question. So the reason I needed music to fall asleep was because my brain thinks too much and then I couldn't fall asleep. So if there's silence in a room, I just keep going away with my thoughts. So <laughs> you think Einstein needed the pillow? Yes. <laughs> Maybe I'll send it to Einstein or, uh, you know, Nikola Tesla. <laughs> yeah. Okay, all right. So, so if you gave it to Einstein, then what would be your first question for Einstein after he woke up from an amazing night of sleep? Which jams did you fall asleep to? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I want to know his playlist. <laughs> Einstein's playlist. That's, that's a good idea. We might need to build that out on Spotify. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so what business books have you guys read recently? Uh, recently, I did read the, the Zappos book with Tony uh, and how he started his whole career. To me, that's a, it's a great book. It's an easy read. I read it on a flight to China. So <laughs> it was a, a nice, quick, easy read, but that really inspires me as an entrepreneur to see what he did in a shorter period of time. So I recommend that book. Same. Delivering Happiness was a good book. I actually just read that on the way up to New York. I was up there yeah. for a meeting, and that's where I saw your banner in Times Square. Oh, yeah. Oh, funny. Thanks. I'm sure you guys have gotten some buzz out of that. But um, all right, so where, where do you guys see yourself in five years? In five years with Zeke 3.0, uh, even better than this product, and you know, making sure people get a quality night's sleep. We all work hard. There's not much vacation in America. We're all stressed. And we, nearly, we we all need to optimize our sleep. And if optimizing sleep means falling asleep easier, or if it means that the pillow can help you figure out that drinking four cups of caffeine versus six cups of caffeine makes you sleep better, that's great. So I think... Yeah, I think, you know, in five years, I think that people will think of Zeke, the Zeke brand as quality sleep and it won't just be the smart pillow. It'll be other things that are connected and in your room to really create that uh, a sleep space in a smart home. I really think that's in five years where we'll be. Yeah. Awesome. Last question in the launch round. What do you think the future of crowdfunding looks like? Look, uh, I hope people start delivering what they're putting out there. The biggest thing we've seen since we've launched on Kickstarter is, oh, you guys the next coolest cooler. And, you know, that's never a good thing because they did it wrong. They, they had a great product, a great campaign, but they delivered it wrong to their backers. So what I hope to see for crowdfunding is a quicker development and delivering on your promises. Yeah, I think that what I, what I miss about, you know, a few years ago from Kickstarter was there were more just crazy ideas. And that's the kind of stuff that I like to back. You know, I, I remember backing some just 
ridiculously thought of uh, tabletop games, but they were fun and someone was, was just taking a chance and they just needed that little bit in order to, to make it real. And I hope that, that I think, you know, Kickstarter could branch or any of these crowdfunding can branch with one of two ways where it just becomes basically a pre-launch tool or it really does get back to the people that just have a crazy idea and they want to just get it to the people that like it. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah. Awesome. No, I agree. Uh, Warwick and Miguel, you guys have been awesome. Please give our audience your pitch. Tell us what you're all about, where people should go, and why they should go buy a Zeke. We'll definitely go to Kickstarter right now and and search for Zeke. Uh, Z-E-E-Q. I think the easiest way to describe Zeke is just to think of it as an active participant in your sleep. Uh, Zeke's going to help you fall asleep with some great tunes. It's going to monitor your sleep while you do sleep. It's going to listen for snoring, and it's even going to react to hopefully wake you up or to uh, encourage you to change your sleep positions when you're snoring. It's going to wake you up when you want to wake up, and even using Smart Wake, it'll wake you up based on your sleep stage. Uh, it's literally the perfect addition to anyone's bedroom. Even no matter what feature you like, you're going to find something to love about Zeke. Awesome. Thank you guys for being here. Everyone, thank you again for tuning in. Make sure to visit artofthekickstart.com for all the show notes, a full transcript, and of course, links to the campaign and everything we talked about today, including a uh, coupon to the gadget flow. Warwick, Miguel, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Art of the Kickstart, the show about building a better business, world, and life with crowdfunding. If you've enjoyed today's episode, be sure to visit artofthekickstart.com and tell us about it. There you'll find additional information about past episodes and our Kickstarter guide to crushing it. If you've loved this episode, leave us a review at artofthekickstart.com slash iTunes. It helps more inventors and entrepreneurs find the show and helps us get better guests on here to help build your business. If you need a more hands-on crowdfunding strategy, please feel free to request a quote on commandpartners.com. Thanks again for tuning in. We'll see you soon.